people. Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 195. And today, I'm real excited to share with you another listener story. And this one here is pretty cool because he's going to share with us how he turned $65. That's right, $65. And he turned it into $1,100 profit in 90 days. This is a real story. This is a case study. And there's a lot of information that he shares with us that allowed him, this information he's going to share with us, it, it allowed him to actually start with very, very little and, and kind of learn the system. And then from there, start to build out his private label business. So that's what I'm excited to share with you. It's a longer episode and there was no reason for it other than we just kept diving and digging and just really getting into his story, which there's a lot that we covered. Um, if you've ever thought about retail arbitrage, uh, this is going to be talked about. If you've ever thought about how to make money quicker so you can get started. This is going to help you. If you've wanted to also hear about how to differentiate yourself when private labeling, this will be for you. There's a lot that we talked about inside of his story. And again, I want to remind you guys, that's why I love doing these stories because I learn from here uh, or from doing these stories. I learn every single time because there's things that I don't know about certain parts of this business. I've never went down that path. And uh, and he shares with us some uh, really clever ways that he was able to get started with very, very little money. So if you guys are thinking to yourself, I'm brand new. I'm not sure if I even want to get into this thing. I don't have a lot of money to invest up front. This could definitely, definitely help you. So you're going to want to listen to this episode. Now his name is Ken Willard. He's a regular guy, just like you and me. And if you're a woman, he's like a regular woman. He's well, he's a regular man, but you get what I'm saying. He's a regular person. Um, nothing special. He just went out there and found a way and you're going to hear how he did that. I want to remind you guys too, that if you guys are brand new to the podcast, if you're brand new and you don't even know anything about this business, or maybe you're just starting to learn about this business, I want to invite you to a free workshop that I do. It's a live workshop where I jump on and we actually get to hang out for an evening. And what I do is I break down the five phases for picking a product, for sourcing a product, for launching a product, for promoting a product, everything in between we cover on this free workshop. And I would love for you to attend if you're interested in learning more about this business. Again, if you're brand new, this is perfect for you and I want to, I would love to invite you. So just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. You can register over there. Once again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and uh, you can register for an upcoming workshop there. All right, I'm going to stop talking now because we have a lot to cover here inside of this interview. I want you to listen. I want you to take notes, and you may want to also download the transcripts for this, which we now have included if you head over to the show notes page, which is theamazingseller.com forward slash 195, and you can get the transcripts there. You can get the show notes um, and all that stuff, so definitely head over and check that out once you're done listening and you're going to want to have these because, well, there's a lot that we covered. All right, so I'm going to stop talking now. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview I did with Ken Willard. Well, hey, Ken. How's it going, man? Thank you so much for uh, coming on the, uh, the the show here. How's it going? I'm feeling excellent today, Scott. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you uh, 
getting back to me and uh, having me on your show here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to uh, to dig into your story. I think it was uh, a, a great email that you sent me, and uh, you know you had a, a lot of uh, uh, you know cool twists and turns in your story, which which made me really want to talk to you about uh, about your journey. And uh, why don't we just kind of catch people up real quick as far as like you know who Ken is and and kind of like uh, you know how you got the idea to even get into selling on Amazon and this whole FBA thing. Sure, sure. It was probably early 2015 um, when I realized that all those people that I was buying stuff on Amazon for all these years, because I was a pretty heavy Amazon buyer, especially around Christmas time and stuff like that. um, I always knew that uh, you either bought from Amazon or you looked for the sellers that was fulfilled by Amazon. Mm -hmm. But I never really realized that that was something that a normal person could do with, you know, the right motivation and, and we're with a lot, I assume they were pretty much businesses, brick and mortar type businesses that you were buying from. Um, early 2015, I came across an explanation of what Amazon FBA was really. And I really don't even remember where it was. It was probably another podcast that I listened to. Um, and I just started looking into it. And it intrigued me um, because I was probably such a heavy Amazon user and I had such a trust level in that platform for buying things, mm. uh, I thought, you know, this this could be something. This could be a, an, an interesting opportunity. I looked into it. Um, shortly after that, I discovered your podcast, which was pretty new at the time. Um, it had been around for a few months already. Um, so I was trying to catch up on, on some of those uh, episodes and listening to it. I was looking at um, more venues to sell on, on Amazon. I also looked into... Um, the book area, which is where I actually got started. Um, I was looking for something that had kind of a low barrier to entry, which I didn't know what that was at the time. But listening to your podcast more and more and learning more things, you know, sure. that, that really was a thing. I just didn't know what it was. Um, and that's actually how I got my feet wet on uh, FBA was uh, selling books. So we're talking um, we're talking physical books, though. Actual physical um, yeah. used book market. Okay. Um, these books are something that I love. I have always loved. And it just seemed a natural fit for me. And um, I still, actually, I still do it because it's pretty hands-off. Um, and that's how I got my start. Um, it was fun. It was a low barrier to entry. And the idea was I'm going to use this to uh, raise some capital so I can eventually have my own product out there. There wasn't a book, you know, whatever it was. I didn't even know what it was going to be at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, just my own, you know, private label product, something I can do to earn some capital while I'm doing this product research and figuring out what to do. And so how um, was that? How was that process? Just real quick. I mean, so you get this idea, you're like, you know, low barrier to entry. Uh, you know, I'll go out there, I'll find some books. Uh, you know, what kind of books are people looking for if they did want to even go down this? I mean, I've heard other people say like, you know, even like uh, college books, you know, like books that are pretty expensive books could be good ones or they could just be a novel. Like what kind of books were you thinking that you could sell? Well, in my research, you know, I looked at it pretty well and I, I I kind of took the right path on it. When you're an individual seller, if you're just like me, like a guy selling stuff, you're going to want to look for textbooks. You're going to want to look for books that are specific to a particular niche, you know, maybe history books, sometimes art books, uh, novels and things like that. Those are those are the books that are anything pretty much that's nonfiction. Those are the things that are selling for a penny plus shipping on Amazon um, and the big 
uh, shops that can sell, you know, several thousand of those, maybe 10,000 even a day, um, because they have this huge operation behind them, mm -hmm. uh, support that. But for the, you know, for the average person, you're looking for textbooks, you're looking for books with some specific specificity to them, um, that have to do with a specific market, like, you know, fly fishing in a certain part of the country, um, mm -hmm. the history of a certain type of art or a certain, you know, even city or something like that. Really, almost, uh, it's kind of funny because you think, you know, the books that nobody wants, those are the books that you want. <laughs> um, if everybody wants it, you're probably not going to make a penny off of it. Um, if nobody wants it, you probably got something there. Okay. Um, and okay. that kind of holds through. It's just niche books, um, no mass market stuff, anything like that. And and where use. where were you going to find these? Actually, you go, um, my biggest uh, source for these is yard sales. When I was doing it myself, I have, you know, some sourcers that go out and find stuff uh, for me now. Mm -hmm. But uh, yard sales are huge. Um, smaller thrift shops in your you know, local area are good. Um, some of the bigger thrift shops like Goodwill, Salvation Army and stuff like that, um, those are dried up now because they're doing it as well. They're mm -hmm. taking the good books and they're um, listing them on Amazon themselves. Wow. Uh, you'll see Goodwills all across the country have their own Amazon accounts, as so does Salvation Army, but <laughs> smaller places, um, local church-run places, people that tend to get estate items, stuff like that, estate sales, yard sales, because people are getting rid of books. These are maybe professional people that had these books as part of their career or as part of their hobby for a long time, and now they're just getting rid of them, and those things persist you know other people are in those careers and other people have those hobbies and these books tend to be uh, pretty sought after even over time and then um, if you live near a college campus you know you can easily give more than the college bookstore is going to give and still have plenty of room you know mm -hmm. to resell it on amazon and, and make a, a tidy amount on it just because of the you know the rate that the college bookstores give these kids is almost nothing I was going to say, you could even, I'm, I'm just thinking off the fly here, uh, you could probably even put an ad, even in Craigslist or one of those, and just saying, college student, you know, want to sell your books, you know, call us first before, you know, giving them back or something like that, you know? And you could probably have a flood of college kids calling you. They, they're hard up for money. They want to sell their books when the year's over. So, you know, maybe they'll cash the books in and uh, you could get them, be the middleman, and then and then resell them on Amazon. That's a that's probably, probably a good strategy. Oh, yeah, there's people out there that absolutely do that. You can go mm. on Craigslist in any college town around the uh, finals time mm. uh, in the semester, and you'll you'll see those those ads out there for sure. Hmm. That's cool. That that's really cool. Uh, yes. Okay, so um, you know we won't we won't we won't drill too much into this, but I think that people sure. that are listening that are like you know I need a ton of money to get started, and you know that whole thing that we hear uh, a lot. Uh, and I always tell people the only person that's stopping you is you. And that's because, you know, there's there's opportunity out there, whether it's selling used books or, you know, other used items that, uh, you know, are being sold on Amazon right now. And it's a great way to start just raising some capital, whether it's stuff laying around your house, your apartment, wherever. Um, so let me ask you this, though, real quick before we jump off of this and kind of get into your private labeling stuff is, OK, so. What were you doing, though, to really, I guess, validate that you could or verify that you could potentially sell these books if you're sifting through? Like if you're at a yard sale, I mean, are you taking your phone and keying in all of the ones that, that are interested to or interesting to you? And like you said, they might not be that popular of a book. So are you just kind of taking a chance because you think that it's rare and it could be? Um, give us a little bit about that. Well, there's a number of, of 
products out there. You know, just like in FBA, people come up with with uh, data services and product services. There's the same thing in the book market. There's a number of scanning tools that you can get for your Android or your your Apple okay. uh, phone uh, that really makes it a viable way to go. If you had to key stuff in, or if you're just searching on the like Amazon seller app or something like that, um, it it probably wouldn't be viable at all just because of the time it would take. Um, I use something called FBA Scan. Um, a lot of people use there's Profit Bandit. There's some different ones, and everybody has their favorites sure. for whatever reason or other. But you just you go in there and you scan it with either your camera or you can uh, get one of those like a little Bluetooth device that has a little uh, laser scanner on it, um, and you scan it on your on your uh, UPC codes on the phones, and it'll okay. bring up all the data, bring up sales data. It'll link you to Camelcom Camel if you want. Uh, it'll show you what the you know highest FBA price is, the who has the buy box price, all okay. kinds of stuff, and then it'll show you the, the BSR. Okay. Uh, and then it's just a combination of you know BSR and what the selling rate is, which gives you yes or no uh, okay. whether you're going to buy it. And then pretty quick after doing it for a while, you just get an eye. Mm. You can just look and go no 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 yeah ooh, I'm trying that and, no. But you, you get an eye for what what you can do or what you cannot do. And honestly, it's not that hard after a little bit because eighty percent of what people sell are novels, you know, fiction books and stuff. So you just you don't even see that anymore. They're just invisible to you. And you're going to pick out that book about cabinet making mm-hmm. or something because it's just going to jump out at you. Sure. Um, and it becomes easy. And then the FBA scan is more just a, a validation of that eye that you that you develop. Mm. Okay. Um, and one last question is, okay, when you have these used books, is there any type of packaging you have to do to prep them to go into Amazon? Uh, no, just the uh, evidence to you uh, that you got to put on the back. You have to cover up, you know, just like any other product. You say you got to cover up the UPC with your with your um, ASIN sticker. Okay. Um, and then, you know, if you're selling a book that's maybe oversized or it's kind of fragile or it's older or you want to make sure that it's in a good condition, you can bubble wrap it or anything like that. But for the most part, you know, you don't do anything to them. Um, just on the ones that you think, yeah, this could get damaged and then I'll get a bad review because, you know, I'm saying it's in great condition, but it's got a, it's got a bent corner when they get it. Um, you can bubble wrap those for, for the most part. You slap a sticker on it, you make sure it's clean, there's sure. no labels, there's no writing, and you uh, pack it well and ship it in. Okay, so yeah, that's not 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 too much work and it's, it sounds like it, it, it could be worth it. So yeah, I mean, not not like a huge amount of, of what you have to do to get it ready. Um, but there are, you know, some guidelines, of course. Um, okay. So now let's talk a little bit about, okay, now moving into private label, you, you're doing this, you made a little bit of money and now, um, take me through kind of like your next step. Like what was the next step for you or the next aha moment? Um, t- take us through that next part of your journey. Well, it goes back to something you said just a minute ago about the only thing that's stopping you from doing it is you. Mm. And so, you know, I found out about FBA. I'm I'm looking at it. I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm trying to get all my ducks in a row. And then I, you know, I'm just waiting. Basically, you're just waiting. You're just mm-hmm. putting it off because mm-hmm. you, you need to know that information. You need this. You need that. So you're waiting. I come up with this grand scheme of you know selling these these used books. That's my plan. I'm going to get some capital. I'm going to do this while I'm researching products. Um, and then. Even though you had talked about it in an episode before, but um, the $500 product episode, 
Yes. Came out. Yep. That was episode and, 68, I believe. Okay. And, yeah. and that was something that was actually groundbreaking or new because I think you had talked about it way back in like 35 or something like mm-hmm. that. You had mentioned a similar thing. Yep. Um, so I had heard it before, but I think until somebody actually did it and kind of slapped me in the face with it, that I realized, you know, my whole plan of earning capital and doing this so I can do something, it was just a different form of waiting. Mm-hmm. It was a different form of keeping myself from doing something that I that I wanted to do. And like you say, taking action. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't a bad thing because I was, you know, getting some money and, and doing that. But I was putting off something that I didn't need to put off. Sure. Um, and the, the $500 product test um, kind of drove that home for me. So that's when I started, you know, really looking and earnestly saying, no, whatever I have now, that's what I have. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go for it. And we're going to start looking. And I was looking pretty much everywhere. The same other people were looking. I was, you know, AliExpress, Alibaba, mm-hmm. and some of the other import sites um, for some products. And I had an idea of what space I wanted to be in. So I'm looking around. And at the same time, I'm still looking around um, on Craigslist for for some books and some other things that I that I was looking at. And, you know, it's just one of those things that you can easily look and say, oh, it was just dumb luck. Or you can say, I never would have found it if I hadn't taken action. Mm-hmm. But I found an item on Craigslist of all places. I didn't have to import it. I didn't have to make it. I didn't have to do anything to it. It was a closed-out item. Um, it was an item of printing. Actually, they're all gone now, so I can say it was a, it was like a sticker set. Mm-hmm. for kids um some printer had made them up like a couple of years prior never ordered them never paid for them they were just sitting around just trying to get rid of them and so i see this sticker set he's got like a thousand of them wow. and he's asking like 65 70 bucks for them mm-hmm. so i go over and look at them and they're actually really cool little sets of stickers they weren't doing this guy any good in his factory so he's trying to get rid of them and at first, you see the sticker set, you think nothing of it because you know that's you're not going to sell that on Amazon because it's you know it's this little yeah six by nine sticker set in a plastic wrap. Um, it's nothing. It, it's not viable. But because of the things that I had learned from your podcast and from listening to other places, you know, I knew what a bundle was. Um, I knew how to decide whether something is going to make the the grade so it doesn't get stuck as an add-on item. Mm. And I thought it had merit and it was only going to give me, you know, $65 to get these. So I bought them. I took them home. I looked at them. I opened them up and they were actually pretty cool. So I went through the process. I got some pictures taken of it, um, bundled it together. I figured out what a, what a good price point was. I put them in packs of four. I looked around uh, through the Amazon categories. I ended up posting it. Um, in a couple of categories, I used uh, the main category was party favors, which people out there don't sleep on the party favors. That's a good category. <laughs> um, really, it is. Um, and I posted them, and you know what? They they absolutely took off. Wow. Um, they ended up because I was selling them right eight dollars for a pack of four. Um, my first listing, I had actually thought I would sell them for like six ninety nine. And I listed them and I posted them for that. And I got slapped with an add-on. Oh, okay. Um, add-on item. But I learned what, you know, what the criteria was for that size and that weight. 
It was six ninety nine because I upped it a little bit. I played around with the price and I figured out what what would get it out of add-on status. Um, at first, I played around with some promotions, uh, raising the price and then giving like a, a percentage off to bring the price back down to something that's sellable. Mm-hmm. I wasn't selling too much at that price because I think the just the cover price was, was scaring people off. So I just lowered the price down. I figured out what the uh, kind of what the gateway was to get it out of add-on status. And that worked great. Hmm. Um, I learned a lot along the way about PPC because I, I did launch, you know, my PPC campaigns right off the bat. Um, I think those helped a lot, actually. Um, How many campaigns did you start with? I just started with the one, the auto. The auto, first, okay. Um, based on, you know, the experience from, from the show and using that as a resource to identify what keywords we're going to hit for this. Mm-hmm. Um and that's, you know, I kind of just went down the line on that one. That's that's something I just went right down on the script. You know, I started the auto campaign. I picked out what keywords were working. I put them in their own campaigns with their own budgets. Um, kept the auto going the whole time. Um, actually, I have auto going in all my products. I, I like auto. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so, and I think by the end, I had the auto going at the same time and I had two separate campaigns for specific keywords that I wanted to kind of monitor their specific uh, performance and they were doing well. So I wanted them to have their own money mm-hmm. attached to them. Sure. So something else wouldn't heat it up. So the money would always be there for that good producing keyword. Sure. And it did good. I mean, in the end, I think it took me maybe just, I can't remember, a little under, a little over 90 days, okay. but I sold, you know, almost all 200 and, I think 46 after the ones that I that I uh, used for taking pictures and the ones I gave to mm-hmm. the kids and stuff like that. I sold every one of them. Um, and, you know, from that, from that choice to take action instead of waiting and that $65 investment that, you know, maybe made something that looked like a swapping item um, into an FBI item because I knew I could bundle it. I know I could put some ads together for it, get get some eyes on it. Um, and you know, so, what was your what was your selling price on that year that you finally ended up with that you found the best results? It was seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. Okay. Six so, ninety nine got it an uh, add on. Seven ninety nine got it as a FBA. And so, what what was your bundle costing you in in far as is taking that sixty five dollars, dividing that up, I guess, by two hundred and fifty units? I guess is what you would do then, right? Yeah, just for the materials, just for the for the product and the, and the bagging and the stickers, everything. I think my total cost for a bundle was somewhere around fifty four, fifty six cents. Okay, so you about fifty four, fifty six cents somewhere in there. And then how much do you how much do you feel like you spent on um on Amazon pay per click? Pay per click was pretty close to two hundred fifty dollars. Okay, I'll say that. So basically, you're talking two hundred fifty bucks total across the board. And then you got your FBA fee. So what what do you what was your what was your net profit? Do you know what that was? After all that stuff, it was just a hair under eleven hundred dollars. Nice. It was it was uh, let's just say it was much better than I ever would have expected it could have been. Um, and it's one of those things, like you say, it's easy to look back and go, oh, what luck, what a great stroke of luck. But, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. But the luck wouldn't have happened if you didn't see that ad and if you didn't take action on that ad when you seen it and then list them. And now think about all of the different, all of the different things you learned from that allowed you to do pay per click. And you, you got, you basically got an education and got paid eleven hundred bucks to do it. 
pretty much. You know, I, <laughs> right? I mean, that's was, what we look at. I learned a lot of things. I learned about promotions. I learned about pay-per-click. I learned about good product photos because I tried to go I tried to go uh, easy on the product photos at first. wasn't working. Um, they were awful. Mm-hmm. They really were awful. <laughs> And I noticed when I when I got a, a decent set of product photos on there, it did um, really did make a difference um, on the sales. Wow, that's and it a... wasn't that the photos were awful; it's that they did have good color mm-hmm. saturation and stuff like that. Yeah, they were just flat, like they were flat. They didn't have a good clean white background. They didn't have the three D effect with the with the shading behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, once I did that, it also helped. PPC kicked in. I, I learned, you know, a lot of stuff on what to do and what. And what not to do, um, which I think probably everybody goes through on their first product. Absolutely, yeah. And and let me ask you this: How much competition was there when you were when you were looking at this? Like when you were looking to sell these? Not that it even mattered at this point. You're like, you know what? I just bought a thousand units for sixty five bucks. I'm going to throw them up and see what happens. But like, was there other people selling what you were selling um, that was comparable to what you were selling? Not really. There was there was some similarly themed. Okay. Uh, items but this really was um it was truly a unique product because this actual product and this actual brand which i think is defunct now um wasn't existent pretty much anywhere else on amazon or on the web so this this product and this the way it looked and the design there was nothing really similar to it so it did stand on its own there wasn't a lot of choice okay um as far as like this one or this one because it was a pretty unique look and it was actually a fun little sticker set um, so okay. I think that helped, you know, there was competition in the fact that there's a lot of people selling party favors and whatnot, but it's something, uh, that I think is always a strong seller year round. Sure. Um, and people are always looking for themed type parties and this was a good theme sticker. Gotcha. Um, so nice. It's nice. That way. I think that's great. I mean, and if we break that yeah. down, I mean, let's just say it was 90 days, um, and you went through there and you, and you, t- you, you know, we were able to, to get 1100 bucks approximately back. I mean, if we were to break that down, that's just under 400 bucks a month. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's not too bad, uh, to, to go ahead and, and learn something. And I think a lot of people listening would say, you know what, 400 bucks a month would be nice right now for me. So, you know, I, and, and again, I think you got the book thing going, you kind of got that thing. So people that are listening, I want them to understand that, you know, a lot of people say, you have to start with a lot more money. And I don't believe that you do. Will your, you know, will these results always result like this? No, but you are going to pretty much learn through the process and you don't have to invest a lot to kind of learn the system. And then you might stumble across something like right now, like you said, you, you've stumbled across this market in a sense that, you know, it looks, it looks like it's a, it's a pretty cool little market um, that a lot of people might not um, or might not have seen, or you might not have seen if you didn't have this Craigslist ad and then you kind of dig into it and you say, ah, what the heck? 65 bucks. Um, so that's really, really awesome. I'm glad that you shared that. Now let's talk about moving forward past that. So I'm sure in the process here, you're not just sitting around doing nothing during those 90 days. What are you doing during those 90 days? Like to, are you, are you looking for your own like private label product now that you, because after these thousand are gone, like you said, they're, they're kind of gone. Right. And that's the, that's yeah, they're the, gone. They're done. that, that's the problem with retail arbitrage. And I don't say problem, but it's, it's to me, it's a, it's a constant, you got to keep finding new inventory. When you have a private label product, you can focus on that, get it really up to speed, and then just keep replenishing it and really market, you know, behind it. So what was your next move? Uh, well, 
after obsessively checking myself yeah, like I know. 25 I know. times a day, which right. I thought was silly until I started doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was definitely using this time. Um, I, I know I didn't want to do RA because it is a grind. Everybody says so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do something. Yeah. Um, I had already pretty much decided what, what area I wanted to be in. So I used this even right off the bat when I was selling, I was making money. I was like, Hey, this is good. I need to, you know, get off the snide here and get moving. Mm. Uh, so I was really more actively uh, researching products. I know where I wanted to be. I'm in sports and outdoors. I don't mind saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I found my first product, and I didn't get any new products going until until this was pretty. The stickers were pretty much wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, I had talked to some manufacturers, got some samples sent to me. Um, pretty much picked out who I wanted to be my manufacturer for it, and I started out my first products. Pretty much, probably this within the I don't know if it was the same month, but it was within a 30 day period of when when the uh, the stickers ran their course. Okay. Um, and the money that I got from that really helped in the you know being able to get maybe a little better product sure. than I would have normally started with. I mm-hmm. could have them do a little customization to it, some things to to make it stand out. Like you're saying, you know, you mm-hmm. need to have some differentiation from what's out there in my. I knew I'd, I wanted to, and it, what it also did was help me get a product that had a little higher price point than I probably would have been able to do before. Um, I still went on the you know the five hundred dollar product challenge kind of model. Mm-hmm. My first order was was pretty small, um, but I was able to go to a, an item that had a higher price point. Okay, because I knew I wanted to do that because even even then um, is when a lot of new sellers were coming in and the. The, the lower priced items were, were getting harder to sell. There was getting more competition. There was more people coming in with those $20 range. Mm-hmm. So um, what was this price point that you were trying to target now? The first one, I wanted to go something that was at least $40 Okay. for my first one. And then right now, I mean, currently as we sit here, I have three products that I'm actively selling. And my experience with the first one was encouraging enough, and there was enough space in kind of the, the market part that I was in, um, where I actually went up from there. And, and forty dollars—that's that's still my least expensive item. And uh, what is it other, costing to source a forty-dollar product? Altogether, um, counting my ECOs and everything, I, I'm I'm clearing about uh, twenty-three dollars. Per unit oh, okay on those so it's it's not bad it's actually um a good little seller for me um it's something that's it's probably the one well, probably it's for sure the the most mass market of of my items i tend to go towards items that are a little more specific as to who's going to buy them mm-hmm. um, because i found i thought and i found it to be true kind of those items are going to go for a for a higher dollar amount Mm. Um, it's not, I'm not selling stuff. It's just, you know, anybody's going to find that I was in a Google. I want one of those mm. and buy it. Um, yeah. cause you can't get the, you can't get the price you want, um, for the kind of business that I wanted to build. Sure. Um, uh, just because, you know, my situation, as far as my career and my family and everything like that, you know, I didn't want to be turning over, you know, thousands and thousands of $20 items. Right. Right. Um, uh, so I went to a more kind of specific niche and it works out. Are you, air, are you air shipping these or are you uh, shipping these by boat? 
at first I was uh, air, but now that I kind of got a, a cycle going on my sales, it's not something that's real uh, uh, seasonal. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of sells at a, a predictable rate. So I'm still I'm going you know by boat now. Okay. Um, at first I started there. The first the first shipment of actually everything I sold just because I'm impatient. I think. Yep. <laughs> I went I by air and I wanted to see it going. Um, but you know, air gets expensive. Yeah. Um, but so but I, I, th- I think I, I think the important thing here for people to understand too is is yes it's more expensive it does get it here faster it gets you to be able to test it but we know too in the back of our of our minds that it's something that we can reduce the cost if we want to right yep. we know that right i mean even if it costs an extra 2 or 3 dollars to get it here and we still and for you you're selling a, a 40 dollar product and you you can like let's say that you air shipped it and instead of making 23 you made 20 or you made 18 you know it's okay right now because we're still making a pretty good margin on that but the same breath, we know that we can reduce that cost in the future if we go by boat. Yeah. Um, that's important. Yeah, my items are a little bigger. They're not necessarily heavy, but they're a little larger. They take up some more volume. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, air gets expensive. Now, is that but oversized? Is, is it an oversized product? No, it's not quite oversized. Okay. Uh, just that, you know, 100 of them take up a lot more space than 100. Sure. Uh, prices, we'll say. So with your first product, though, that you took and you brought to market... Um, what was that price point about a $40 price point? Yeah, it was actually $39.99. Okay. So $39.99. And, and at that point, uh, when you got it there, just take us quickly through that process. So how did you launch? How many did you start with? And how did you launch? Maybe just give us like a, maybe like a a 45 second view of your launch. Sure. The, the first order that I put in for these items was a hundred. Okay. Um, I got a hundred, um, and this was the only actually product that I went to a review group for okay. to get some reviews. Um, it worked out okay. I ended up giving away um, twenty-five of them over a period of I think I was giving away um, five a week. Okay. To try to trickle in the reviews, I was going that route, so they wouldn't all come. Um, I wanted to get some sales over time rather than just a huge boost, you know, yep. giving all hundred away or whatever, you know, yep. at, real quick. Um, and that, that worked out pretty well. Um, and what I'm going to say is that I wasn't unhappy with the review group, but I think um, I moved away from them for a reason is that review groups are good. And, you know, there's a lot of drama with them now, but um, review groups are good for, general consumer items Mm -hmm. something that anybody's gonna buy yeah um because you know you're just getting general consumers that are doing these reviews that don't have any investment in the product they don't maybe not even really know what it's for more or less they just want it Mm -hmm. for the price and they're gonna Mm -hmm. review yeah and do whatever they're gonna do with it sell it or whatever sure um you know the products i sell are a little more technical um they have a specific market a specific um, area, um, like I don't sell technical backpacks, but, um, you know, I know somebody who does and, and people, you know, that are going to go buy some kind of a, a serious technical backpack. don't want to know that it, ooh, it has a lot of cool pockets and it holds all my books. Right. Right. Um, which is, you know, a, you know, a reasonable review that somebody who's not going to use it for its intended purpose is going to give you, Right. you know, people who want to buy this product and are going to maybe drop a hundred dollars on it. 
Uh, they want to know what the weight to volume ratio is. They want to know what the abrasion resistance is. You know, mm-hmm. they want to mm-hmm. know how it performs here and there. Does it have a lid? Yep. They don't want to know how many books it holds. Right. Right. Uh, so, I mean, those are the kind of reviews I got. Good reviews. They were good quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they helped, you know, because they got me those little stars on the bottom to show people like it. And how, how many, re- how many, I'm sorry to cut you off, but how, how sure, many, sure. how many reviews were your competitors having on this product that you were trying to, you know, kind of like compete with? The first one, I think uh, the top seller had somewhere between three and 400, 350 or so. Okay. And then uh, what about so moving down that list? And think after that, it dropped to under hundred. Okay. Perfect. Easy. Yeah. So, so it, if it you get, little spot. yeah, if you get 20, 25 reviews, you're kind of all, you're, you're, you're going to be fine. Airplane. Okay. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like I was, you know, getting to something that had, you know, a couple of four-digit review people and now right. just climbing a, an endless mountain. And when you uh, were doing your, when you were doing your market research on this product, what were you seeing for sales across like the top seven to ten? I mean, were you looking at those numbers to see if you're going to be able to sell a certain number? Oh yeah. Um, I was looking at the sales from from the top seven to ten. I wasn't necessarily looking at it on the same scale mm-hmm. um, that, that we tend to talk about on the, on the podcast and everything, because I know this isn't just something that everybody's going to go out and buy, right. just does. Um, but there was good, strong you know, sales. I think the number one was selling somewhere around, I can't remember now, but it was 30, 40 a day. Okay. So, um, I mean, in, in, in your head, were you still thinking to yourself, if I could sell even five or 10 of these a day, I'd be happy? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I was shooting. I was shooting for five, um, and actually, over time, it's it's kind of uh, settled in to where I'm doing between six eight a day. Okay, yeah, uh, and which it's isn't a, bad at all. No, it's a more expensive product, so it's almost like getting double the sales if you're selling a ten a, a you know a ten unit product that you want to sell per day. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, the fluctuation in the market tends to tends to affect you a little more because you know one less sale is a is a bigger sure is a bigger chunk. Sure. Um, but, you know, like I said, I wasn't looking to do huge volume. I wasn't looking at something that was really going to take over everything because I have some other, you know, concerns going on in my life. Yep. I wasn't something that was going to eclipse everything else. Yeah. Um, now, now, were you launching the next few products, uh, you know, along the line, the same lines of this product? I wanted to see how the first one would go. I kind of had some ideas of the things I wanted to sell, but I really wasn't quite pursuing them as far as really getting down to ordering some and seeing what they were because I wanted to get a little feedback on this first one first mm-hmm. to see if it was, you know, re- received well, if my big plan was really going to work out, if anybody even wanted it. Yep. Um, and it turned out to be okay, so it wasn't much of a delay, maybe maybe a month in. I figured, okay, you know, this is settling in well. Um, the PPC is going good. and I keep them around. They fluctuate, but they go between like 18 and 22. Okay. Which isn't too bad at all, really. No. Um, and probably 30 days of that, I was I was ordering uh, some samples. Okay. For actually, my next uh, two. Um, I didn't do them simultaneously, but I, I knew I had a little path. I had a little, you know, kind of brand that I wanted to set out. They're all related in the same area. Okay. Um, so it was easy to to branch out from there. Okay. Um, and right now, I do have the three. The third one is is gone, and I have. Uh, two more kind of identified, which are a little more, a little more on the custom side. Okay. Um, stuff that uh, isn't going to have a lot of competition. Are you so, using the the same supplier for these as well? Uh, my, actually, my first two come from the same supplier. My third is its own supplier, 
and then the two that I'm working on, um, one of them is from the first supplier, so that would be three, and then the other one is from or the fifth, what would be my fifth item okay. is from a, a completely new supplier. Okay. I didn't want to have, you know, I'm not even sure if I want to have three of those items from the same manufacturer mm-hmm. just because I like to spread things around. Sure. Um, but at the same time, they've been good to me. I have a good relationship with them. Um, so, you know, I probably will end up calling with them. Okay. No, that's uh, that's I'm I'm loving the story. I'm loving how we're starting with a book or books, and then I love it how we're we're uh, talking about stickers on Craigslist, and then we're moving into a private label product, and now we're launching well almost up to six products here. So, and and I also like it that you know to differentiate yourself. Um, a little bit is not just differentiate, but also to separate yourself from some of the competition is, or some of the more competitive products is, you know, you went a little bit higher and I think we are going to be moving, you know, in from, you know, or away from, you know, the lower, uh, ticketed price, uh, products. I still think there's a market there. I just think it's going to be a little bit harder, but I also think that in your case, if you've got like these, these more expensive products, you kind of have the flexibility now that if you want to add an accessory, to that really easily at a lower ticket price and just add it to your product line. You've probably got that option there as well. Yeah, there's um, sports and outdoors, you know, pretty much anything you make, there's like 10 ancillary items that totally. go with yeah. it because, you know, so you could build that up very quickly. About yeah. Toys and tools and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm really glad I did go to the higher price point because I think, you know, a lot of the, the heartache that's going on right now, with people talking about, you know, market saturation and competitors putting bad reviews and competitors eating up your PPC. All those um, stories are, are coming from where everybody is selling. And so I think, you know, I didn't consciously do it, but I'm really glad that I went to a higher price point because I think it kind of, at least for now, insulates from a lot of that, that heartache and those shenanigans that are happening with people. Yeah, um, no, they're all fighting for that, you know, twenty to twenty-five dollar price point, and going after that hot item, you know, yep. that hot niche. Um, that's where a lot of shady people are coming in and really causing heartache for the earnest people that are just trying to, you know, make something. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think right from the beginning, I think I, I, I talk about that even in my workshops and stuff. It's like I, I look for products between $19, but all the way up to $45. But I'm also now expanding that. Um, and I think anyone getting started when they think to themselves capital wise, if I need to start with a product that's 45 bucks, I'm going to need to spend 20 bucks on a product or even 15. And if you buy, you know, over a couple hundred units, it's going to add up faster than if you were to buy the smaller items. But I just think with anyone out there, I mean, just listen. Listen to the book story that that uh, you know Ken just shared. The Craigslist story. I mean, those were very easy ways to get started to get some capital. But then it's really going to be a decision on the person and as far as the amount of risk that you want to take. But I do think that you are separating yourself because you are going after a different part of, I guess, the Amazon sellers because those the people that are starting in in that uh, price point. There's there's less of them naturally. Um, so it's definitely, I think moving forward is probably where people are going to want to start going, but it's, it, to, to some people, it's going to be, um, not even possible, you know, because they just think that they have to start there and then they won't start at all. So when people start talking about saturation, yes, I think it's going to be harder, but I also think that you just have to start, you know, and depending on where you are and if it's selling books or if it's selling something off a Craigslist, right? 
Exactly, exactly. You just have to go and do it. And if if you're having an issue whether I should do A or B or E or B, you know, pick which one just feels the best to you, which yeah. one you personally like the most, because then when the problems happen and when the work happens, you're going to roll up your sleeves. Um, you're not just going to be, you know, chasing a dollar. You're going to be doing something that is interesting to you, that you like, you're selling a product that you have some kind of personal investment in, um, and it's just going to be easier to deal with whatever problems come up, come along the road. Yeah. Rather than just some random thing that you could care less about. You're just, you know. I agree. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, okay, so now let's, we're going to wrap this up. We've been going quite a while here. I, 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 I talked too you, much. Well, no, you, you've got a great story, and I, I didn't want to stop because there's so much to your story. And I think I, 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 what I love about it is the simplicity in the beginning and then how we've kind of graduated to this in a very short time, really. I mean, it hasn't been that long. But now let's talk a little bit about something else that you're working on and that you're doing, which you kind of seen a void in the market. And uh, I, I think by your own, you know, you know, your own, uh, you know, vision or as far as seeing what's out there, but talk a little bit about your, your new venture, which is my and, uh, and talk about what that is and what it offers and why you decided to even do it. Sure. Um, well, you know, I just launched my FBA partner at the end of last year and it's, uh, I'll tell you right off the bat, it's nothing exotic and it's nothing new. Um, but what we provide is a higher level of fulfillment services strictly for FBA sellers. Um, and how I came across this was just, you know, lurking in all the, the podcasts and the Facebook groups and all the, the news groups that, that I monitor for the area. And it doesn't fail that every several weeks, but across one of these, I'll see somebody saying, hey, I'm looking for, um, you know, pack and ship services. I'm looking for fulfillment. I'm looking for somebody that can take this off of my plate. Um, what do you guys know? You know, who do you, who do you guys use? And, you know, if you search around, you'll see almost every single time you'll get a couple of people say, I used, you know, this company over here. They're all right. Uh, I used this guy one time. They did okay. It was good. Um, and I thought for, for business people out here taking chances, putting their, you know, money that they could be using for something else uh, to chase their dream, they really... Uh, there should be somebody out there giving them some service that gets a little better uh, review than that. Mm-hmm. You should walk away from anything you do with a really good feeling, you know, you know, and the people out here that, that do services like Mercer and stuff like that, they put together a great product that works good and they treat their customers right and people rave about them. And that's what I was thinking. Why isn't there anybody like this? Because there is, I'll tell you right now, there is no lack of, people that are going to do fulfillment for an FBA seller. So why isn't there anybody that stands out as somebody that provides, you know, really good customer service and makes the seller feel important. Yeah. Makes them feel like, you know, their items, their products were treated well and they, they couldn't have, you know, made a better choice. Yeah. There there should be somebody out there like that. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I, I don't even have anybody that even comes top of mind. Um, I've, I've had a few people tell me of, of a few, you know, different places, but I haven't, you know, I haven't heard of them or have, haven't communicated with them personally. Um, and usually if I'm going to make any recommendation, I got to know the person or I got to know the people or I got to have other people telling me, you know, these people are awesome. And I just haven't real, I haven't needed it. Um, you know, and that doesn't mean I won't need it in the future, but I haven't needed it, but there are people that do need it. 
And, and uh, you know, what it basically is, maybe you can break that down exactly what actually it means when you have someone um, that can fulfill your products for you in a sense, and uh, maybe even, uh, again, uh, packaging or maybe even uh, bundling um, and that type of stuff. So why don't you talk a little bit about what what the different services that your company provides um, and then also, um, you know, maybe just a little bit more about it. Sure. And, you know, all those things you said, that's, that's exactly what we do. That's exactly what we've been doing for the last few months. Um, we're going to do complete uh, fulfillment services for you and your product. So anything after the ordering of the product and the arranging for it to ship it to the mainland here, um, anything after that all the way up into getting it to Amazon is what we will take care of uh, for the customer. So we will receive the shipments, we will unbox and we'll make sure everything that went well in shipping, there's no apparent damage. We'll do the same thing for the internal packages. We'll unpack everything, make sure nothing got damaged, make sure it is uh, manufactured the way that you're thinking it's going to be manufactured. We're going to do whatever processing per item is necessary, whether it still needs a sticker, whether it needs an expiration date, it needs polybagging, it needs bundling, it needs bubble wrapping. It needs to be repacked into proper cartons for shipping to Amazon because the international ones weren't good. Um, if you want your own special packaging, if you want manufacturer inserts, you want your own information inserted into into the uh, to the item box or bag, um, anything you want or need done is is what we're going to provide to you as far as post-manufacturing process. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I've got to say here, um, you know, I was actually, and actually I have a product right now that I kind of did a little soft test on and it, it does okay. But the reason why I kind of backed off is because of exactly that. I was receiving three different components and I was having to put it all together here. Um, and to find a co-packer was just another obstacle I didn't want to have to look into. So what you're telling me is if I wanted to ship everything to your facility, you guys will pretty much take care of all of that for a fee, of course, and then ship it off to Amazon for me. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's um, in, in, in a sense, you're almost like a co-packer. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that that's we'll do, huge. Yeah. And yeah. that's, we'll do bundling if you're selling, you know, multiples of a single item or like you know, you have a you have a single item that's you know a composite of these three different products we'll pack them together and put them in your custom if you have a custom box that you want made because you know chances are they're not all from the same manufacturer and then the problem of getting all those three items in a box where the presentation is nice perhaps you need something like that perhaps mm -hmm. a poly bag is you know all you need yep but you know whatever you want whatever you need is what we'll do if you have a custom packaging that you have printed, you know, from even a fourth place, you ship that to us. When we get your product, we'll arrange it in your package um, with the batting, however you want it to look. Uh, pack that up and get it shipped off to Amazon for you. Okay. So, you know, like you said, you had these three items, and it was pretty much a drag for you to keep uh, putting all this stuff together. Uh, so, okay, yeah, that, I mean that that's, time you spent that's was, huge. was really worth a lot more than you know what you were going to get out of this product. 
Yeah. And I, I think it's going to come down to this. It's like if you have an idea that you could bundle these things together and again, maybe get that price point up like we talked about before, you've got a, you've, you've got, um, you know, more profit in there that you can play around with to hire a service like this. And then you obviously have to figure that cost into your final into your final you know cost that it's going to be for cost of goods. But is the, the thing is, is this also has been an obstacle for a lot of people that don't want to ship two or three or four different things to their location and then have to do all of that co-packing and then shipping it. This is going to simplify that process. And uh, that's something that I may be doing in the future as well. So definitely would be um, using your your service, um, you know, when I would go ahead and do this co-packing because I do think that that just takes a huge, a huge uh, weight off of anyone's shoulders that's looking at doing this. And it also gives you more leverage in a sense because now you don't have to do that part of the uh, of the um, you know the process, so really really cool thing here that I think that you're doing. Um, I'm not really sure. I've seen a few out there, but I haven't seen um, any out there that are I guess doing. Uh, well, may, maybe there are. I just don't know of them. But you know, they're that they're actually doing all of that nitty gritty. Um, there's some that yes, they'll relabel. Yes, they'll uh, maybe um, pack in a different box. But to really be, I think, like you're saying, customize even that experience, I think is going to be huge. Yeah, we will offer basically a full concierge version of what what is out there already, and we're not going to nickel and dime people over it. Um, a lot of companies have a whole menu of services. If you want your ASIN on there, that's a certain price. If you want a poly bag, that's more. If you want it to have a bundling sticker, that's even more. Um, yep. And, you know, it's just at a point where if you're going to do all that and nobody's going to rave about you, there, there's something wrong with that service. You know, yeah. We're going to treat you and your products like they were our products um, because we know that because we've been here, we've sold this stuff. We know there's a lot riding on that little widget that you're selling. Yeah. No, that's there's great. Of, you know, things that you want to do in your life um, that rely on that widget. And our, our service isn't going to be for everybody. Like you said in the beginning, some people don't need it. Some right. people don't want it. But, you know, we have some some special um, things that we're doing for new sellers, um, for international sellers, and really aimed at, you know, those sellers that are pretty experienced, that are filling out their product line, which, you know, this this activity is almost becoming a burden for them because they're selling five or six different things. Maybe they're selling high-volume things. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, I didn't get into this so I could spend eight days of my month packing stuff up. Right. No, I, th- I think it's I think it's great. So why don't we why don't we wrap up here and let people know how they can get a hold of you? But also, you've agreed to uh, to give six uh, lucky TASers, the first six that is that do uh, fill out the contact form and request more information. Um, go ahead and and uh, talk about uh, what you're going to give uh, the TAS community. Sure. Um, just because this is where I got my start, and I have you know a lot of good experiences and memories from your from your you know the TAS community um, the site is myfbapartner.com uh, there's a contact form on the contact page um, first six people that, that sign up on the contact page um, indicate that you know they heard it from here the TA swarm out you know I'm going to process their first 500 items at no charge um, that's whatever services we provide that they need um, not just certain things if they need everything we'll do everything if they only need a certain thing We'll do that certain thing. Uh, we'll do 500 of them for free. We know everybody's shipping schedules are a little weird, so it's not like you've got to get it to us in the next week or whatever. If your shipment's coming in in a month, that's fine. We'll schedule it and we'll take care of it at no charge to you. Um, and then in addition to that, um, anybody who does sign up 
at any point um, or fills out the contact form because it's not a sign up, it's not a subscription service or anything like that. Um, as long as you enter uh, that you mentioned that you're a TAS member, um, we'll always give you 10% off of all of our services. And that's that's an ongoing thing. Uh, that'll be good for everybody who uh, comes through our, our shop. Um, and then for first timers, um, just because the taking action is the biggest step to getting going and doing it, and we don't want, you know, we want one less thing to hold people back because it was, you know, one less thing was holding me back. Um, if it's your first time, if you've never sold an FBA before, um, this is your first shipment coming in. We'll talk about that. We have uh, what we call the taking action bonus, and we'll do whatever you need to do, and we'll do it in half of the normal cost. Um, just to give that one little step to help you get it done and, and get going and get your, you know, get your uh, bus going to wherever it is you want it to take you. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Ken, I, I want to thank you again for coming on. Number one, sharing your, your story because I think it's it's awesome and I think it's uh, it, it's really cool to hear how you can start from literally almost nothing, no excuses, by the way, and then just, uh, you know, taking action and moving yourself through and every single thing that we just covered, you know, anyone can do. There, there's nothing holding anyone back. Now, moving forward and this this new venture this this new you know addition to your portfolio is you know myfbapartner.com i mean I'm a huge fan right now and I haven't even used the service yet, but I know who you are and I, I know that you're a good guy uh, and I know that um, you only want what's best for, for people in, in general, not just the TAS, you know, listeners, but the TAS listeners, they are going to get treated a little bit better. Uh, number one, the first six that sign up on the contact form are going to get it done for free. And then after that, 10%, if you just say that you're a TAS listener, all you have to do is just put in there that you're a TAS listener. And then if you are a brand new seller, have never sold anything, and this is your first shipment, well, you're going to get 50% off um, on that order as well. So, I mean, Ken, I, I couldn't ask for anything more, and I didn't even know about those couple of extra little bonuses that you threw in there. So I just want to tell people, definitely check it out. Whether you use his service or not, definitely just reach out to Ken, um, and I'm sure that he'll answer any questions that you have, whether it's about this or even about this interview that we just did. So, Ken, I just want to say, again, thank you so much. And is there any uh, last little bits of advice that you'd like to give? Maybe one thing, what would be one thing that you would like to tell our listeners um, to do if they are uh, thinking about getting into this business? It's just get into the business. Um, I don't care if you live your whole life and you never visit myfbapartner.com. Um, that's not the primary reason I'm here today. The primary reason I'm here today is to say just take action. Just go and do it. If you're thinking about it, do it. If you're in a situation where you're waiting, try to figure out why you're waiting and whether you really do need to wait or not. Just make it happen. I like it. I like it. Just make it happen. All right. Hashtag just make it happen. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, that is going to wrap it up. Ken, I want to thank you once again. This has been awesome. I really do appreciate it. And good luck to you. We'll definitely probably have you back on the show. We'll have to do an update. Your product line sounds like it's really thriving and doing well. So we're going to have to definitely do a catch up with you at a later date. So once again, thanks, Ken. I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me. 
All right, so there you have it. Another great interview. I want to thank Ken once again. What an amazing story. And I just love it how he didn't let anything get in his way. So if you guys are brand new and you're just starting, you're thinking to yourself, well, there's this reason why I can't, or there's this reason why I can't. Those are just excuses. If you want it bad enough, you just need to figure out a way to make it happen and get started. And that's what Ken did. And I just love diving into his story. And there's so many different ways that you can get started by just listening to his story. So you might want to go back and listen to this one again, or you may just want to go grab the show notes or the transcripts so you can make sure that you take those notes and apply them and take action. All right, guys, that is going to wrap up this episode. I wanted to remind you guys one more time, though, if you wanted to attend one of my live free workshops, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. We'll cover everything it will take to get started all the way from picking your product, sourcing your product, and then doing a launch and then doing a promo. Everything in between, we'll cover that on this live free workshop. Head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and we can hang out over there. I'll also answer live Q&A while we're there on the Hangout. All right, so that's it, guys. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.